Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. No bears this weekend. I think that's a good thing. We all could use a little bit of a break from the Bears who have lost now four games in a row. The inability to score an offensive touchdown on Monday night. But we've got plenty of National Football League, college football, and oh, what do you know? College hoop starts up in four days. Welcome on to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. This is Sports Radio 670. The score early odds 8 to 9 a.m. every single week. We've got a college football insider coming up. A pro better covers the NFL. But let's start out with my executive producer on Bet Sweats. He works for Radio.com Sports. His name's Eli Herskovich, at Eli Herskovich on Twitter. And guess what? He's going to be hosting this show next Saturday because uh, I need to take a break. I need to take a mental break from all the cancellations constantly going on in college football and all the postponements that we're going to be dealing with moving forward in college basketball. What's up, Eli? What's up, Joe? We'll see how long that lasts. Maybe Mitch will take me off the air in 15 minutes. So maybe I'll last the whole hour. Maybe not. It's up to the listeners to check that out. It's a holiday weekend. I think you'll be just fine. You'll, <laughs> say, oh, you know what? For a holiday, we'll let it go. But if it was, oh, I don't know, around the NFL playoff time, they might yank you off the air. Yeah, I would yank myself off the air. College hoops, man. <laughs> Almost here. I think, I think we'll get to that in a few minutes. We've got to start off with the NFL like we do every single Saturday here on Early Odds. The big challenge this week was there are so many games that have been off the board periodically. They go up and then we hear some piece of information. 
back down again. Like it's happened with half of these games. So let's go back and forth with our favorite plays in the NFL. And I'm actually going to start in prime time under the lights. We've got the Chiefs and the Raiders. It's a revenge spot for Kansas City against the Raiders. Remember in week number five, Las Vegas won 40 to 32, the only Chiefs loss on the season. And the Chiefs are coming off the bye celebration. Hearing all about that all week. Andy Reid is talking about it to the public. Also talking about it privately to his team. And historically, Andy Reid off the bye. Just pristine. This line has gone from six and a half through the seven. There were some COVID concerns on the Chiefs offensive line. But this really comes down to Pat Mahomes, now the favorite to be the NFL MVP Revenge spot, I think a weak Raiders secondary. They have played better of late, but let's see. This Chiefs offense, number one offensive DVOA, number one yards per drive, number one points per drive, number one passing DVOA. I'm expecting not only Kansas City win, but they're going to want to win by multiple scores. So you see why this is north of a touchdown, and I am going to be laying the big number, Eli. Yeah, I, I agree with it. And I usually don't lay that big of a price in the NFL. If I, if I did, I would take the Chiefs too. If you go back to the, the Raiders game last week, going into that Denver game, Joe, the Raiders had three interceptions all season before that game. They picked off Drew Locke, I believe, four times. So I'm not saying that the market movement right now, the line movement to, to hit it over a touchdown is the wrong move because it's, it's, the, it's the right move. But there might have been a little bit of an overreaction with the way the market uh, opened up the game, sitting at around six and a half, six, a little bit of an overreaction to last week and to that Chiefs game going back to last month in Kansas City. Mahomes throws a pick. The Raiders are able to play at their pace because they get an early lead and they're not playing from behind, which they weren't last week either. Uh, so they were able to run the ball with, with Josh Jacobs. If the Chiefs get up in this game, which I expect them to, like you mentioned, it's a revenge spot. The Raiders aren't playing at their tempo. They're not able to establish Jacobs. Oh, and by the way, a lot of this Raiders offensive line is out with COVID. Kansas City is 100% the right play if you're going to take a side in this game. All right, so I have Kansas City down. Give me the top play for you in the National Football League. It's gross. Simon Hunter said you should plug, plug your nose, and maybe you'll hear his pick a little bit later on for this game. I'm taking the Houston Texans, getting a couple points against the New England Patriots. This is an overreaction game, and this is a dog that I like as a result. A situational play for a Houston team that struggled of late, struggled even from the change for head coach from Bill O'Brien to Romeo Cornell. And you go back to the Texans game last week, Texans down a couple, down a possession. Uh, they have a chance to kick, kick a field goal to make it a one-point game. And Romeo Cornell decides to kick the field goal in Brown's territory instead of going for it on like a fourth and two play. Inept play calling, inept decision-making by your head coach. It's tough to take a, a team like that where you know you're a coach in a, in a spread that's tight, that's essentially a pick em, with the Texans getting two at home against the Patriots. It's tough to bet on a team like that where you have a coach that you have no idea what he's going to do in a certain situation going up against one of the best head coaches of all time in Bill Belichick. But the reason why I think this is a bit of an overreaction is New England coming into this game off the Baltimore win, off the Jets win before that. Two teams in, in two different spots. The Jets with Joe Flacco throws all of the Patriots in that game. So that's a part of the reason why I like Houston, because I think Deshaun Watson should have a big day against a, a team that ranks in the bottom tier in the NFL and opponent charts per pass attempt. 
Joe Flacco just made an awful decision in a game that the Jets had as nine and a half point home dogs throws a pick. Jets cover anyway, but New England comes back as a result of that and wins the game outright. Last week, a weather-induced result. Baltimore isn't able to establish there and get up in that game, which is if you follow the Ravens all year, Baltimore plays terribly from behind, and that's a product of just Lamar Jackson overall. But with their offensive line issues and his inept uh, decision-making and, and accuracy as well, uh, the Ravens weren't able to win that game in a, in a rainy Foxborough. Now you go into this game, it's in Houston, weather should be fine. And again, with Houston being the dog, even though it's under a key number, uh, sitting at uh, the Texans at around plus two, I think Deshaun Watson's able to have a lot of success against this Patriots secondary. So I'll take the two points. I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on the money line with Houston. Nobody's going to be taking that side, right? Like that's how it certainly feels. Patriots inside of a field goal, Sunday night performance against the Ravens impressive makes me consider that that might be the right side with the Texans getting a couple of points there. What about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars? Eli, you just mentioned gross. I mean, we've got all these great games this weekend and we are finding the worst ones on the card to bet on Pittsburgh still undefeated only team nine and zero on the season at the Jacksonville Jaguars one and eight on the year Pittsburgh favored by 10 and a half. This thing has climbed throughout the week. Now we're at 10 and a half, a total of 46. This is a possible look-ahead spot for Pittsburgh. They've got Baltimore on Thanksgiving night. And now the Jaguars' defense isn't as bad as they have been through the majority of the year, even though they've lost eight straight games. It was close last week against Green Bay. Okay, um, this goes to Mike Tomlin. Like, Do you trust a Mike Tomlin team to have back-to-back blowouts? That's what you're going to be asking the Steelers to do if you're going to be willing to lay the 10 and a half. And I'm not willing to do this. We're not the biggest fans of trends on bet sweats, but it is worth noting that Tomlin is one in 10 against the spread as double digit favorites on the road against losing teams. I think the Steelers do enough to win. I'm actually a little scared about taking them in survivor, but I'm expecting the Jaguars to cover this lofty number. I'm with you, Joe, and I'm going to throw another trend at you. Again, we're not trends, guys, but we're going to use them anyways. Not only does Mike Tomlin have that against the spread record as a double-digit road favorite, but he's also 15-30 and against the spread in his career as a road favorite against teams under 500. So that shows you in a bigger sample size, not as a double-digit favorite, even though that doesn't apply to the game, that he's struggling in these spots. Mike Tomlin gets you up for games, and from the perspective of the Steelers team, in a game where you have Baltimore on deck, like you mentioned, Joe, It's not really the spot that you want to back Pittsburgh in, and I'll be on Jacksonville too, especially right above a key number of 10 and getting the hook. The C.J. Henderson injury, uh, the Jags' number one uh, first-round pick out for this game makes you a little bit worried about Jacksonville's secondary against an elite Pittsburgh receiving core. But with Robinson on the ground for Jacksonville against a, a Steelers defense that's come back to earth a little bit, in terms of opponent yards per rush attempt, sitting around the middle, middle of the pack in the NFL in that regard. So I think if Jacksonville's able to play ball control short in the clock, they can cover a big number like this, and the total is around 46. So in, if the market is right about the total, you should take the dog if you want to take a side in this game too. All right, so Eli on the Jags and the Texans. I mentioned the Chiefs and the Jags so far. A couple others I want to get your quick thoughts. I'm looking at this Cowboys-Vikings matchup. Now, Minnesota, it's an interesting spot because they are playing much better. It was pretty close against that Bears team. If the Bears can actually move the football, uh, maybe the Vikes go down, but they just won three NFC North games in three weeks. They look like the much better team. 
people are willing to back them and they're going against a pretty poor Cowboys team. And now what they're making a quarterback change for the fourth time this year. It looks like they're going back to Andy Dalton here. We'll see how he looks after the injury. And then he was dealing with COVID Dallas coming off the bye. They are one in eight, one in eight against the spread. A lot of people would be scared of that, but remember, with the adjustments by the books throughout the year, a lot of times you're not going to see teams go 2-14 and 14 or anything like that once we get to the end of the season. But I'm expecting a letdown spot from the Vikes. Cowboys getting a touchdown. It's not as strong as the other two plays I already talked about, but I'm taking a, a long look at Cowboys plus 7. I avoided taking the Vikings in all of the survivor spots that I do have left because I think you could have an upset there. And I'm also taking a look at the Saints game. The national reporters are saying that it's Taysom Hill, but Sean Payton didn't want to confirm that. So someone in the Saints building is getting that out there. So why are they doing that? It may be Taysom Hill to start the game, but it doesn't mean he's going to play the entire game. Now, Saints-Falcons, I believe it has hit a field goal now, but I'm looking at this team total. It's like there's no change, even though they're going against the Falcons defense. Falcons familiar with this New Orleans offense since it is a divisional game. We, we know they're soft, but the defense has been playing better. And the team total is at 27 and a half. So I'm taking a look at the under uh, there. Eli, what do you think about Dallas getting the points, a touchdown against Minnesota and New Orleans team total under? Yeah, I love the Cowboys play. I'll probably be on that too. I know you mentioned at the beginning that we're not going to talk Bears because the Bears have a bye week. Well, go back to the Vikings game last week. You have to think that this Cowboys offense, a little bit more explosive in terms of the running game especially, and that offensive line is getting a little bit healthier now that Martin's been back over the last few weeks. And you point to, like, underdogs, and we've been talking about that the whole show pretty much. Cowboys covered that their last game, and they're, like you said, they're 1-8 against the spread, but they covered their last game against Pittsburgh – uh, sitting at around, I think the line closed at around plus 14 and a half. So I know this line is half of that, but you think about the team itself in Minnesota, should they really be seven point favorites at home coming off uh, that exactly. win on Monday Night Football uh, against a Bears team that can't move the ball at all? And the week before that, the Vikings beat a Lions team where Stafford gets hurt in the game in the second half. And that Lions team is so off and on, especially defensively, this entire season. So I agree with you. I think it's an overreaction to what Minnesota's done against poor teams. Now, Dallas is a poor team overall, but a bunch of skill position players that can make plays against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. I think this offense is an upgrade from what we saw with the Bears on Monday Night Football. And I think uh, Dallas can cover this line at plus seven. That's Eli Hershkovich, executive producer of Bet Sweats on Radio.com Sports. I'm Joe Ostrowski. This is Early Odds on Sports Radio 670, The Score. So I'm taking a look at Kansas City, Jacksonville, also considering Dallas and New Orleans, team total under 27.5. Eli likes the Texans and the Jaguars. Eli, let's take a quick look over in college football, and I'm very intrigued by the game of the week. Yes, game of the week, and it's the Indiana Hoosiers taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. This line is held steady at 20.5 throughout the week. Are you going to be playing uh, this matchup? Yeah, I'll be on Ohio State here, Joe. I'm going to lay the points. I, I hate it. I hate laying three scores. You know me, but the market is so different from the NFL, the college football. Laying three scores in a game where you think the market is overvaluing or undervaluing a team in college football is so different from pro football. Indiana, like this line seems about right, but to get it under a key number of 21, and I know people might be surprised by that. Indiana, top 10 team, how could they be 20 and a half point dogs to Ohio State? 
They're tied for the second best turnover margin across college football. And the teams they played to get them to that point, Penn State has turned the ball over a lot. Michigan and Michigan State, the same thing. And Ohio State's not going to do that. Turnovers are not predictive enough, especially when you go from those teams to Ohio State where you could say, okay, that's going to carry over in this game. They'll be able to turn over Justin Fields. Maybe he throws a pick. Maybe I'm off in that regard. But you can't say just because Indiana is at time for the second best turnover margin in college football, that it's, it's necessarily and definitely going to carry over to this Buckeyes team, a much more efficient offense and a much better quarterback than those three teams. The red zone efficiency is also off the charts. And I know Ohio State has taken a bit of a step back from last year, losing Arnett, losing Chase Young. So I get that. But at, at some point, that is also going to take a, a step back for Indiana. With As much as I like Penix, that that's not a sustainable number. So from that standpoint, and I love Ohio State, I love Justin Fields, a Heisman Trophy candidate without a doubt. Uh, I think I think land it with Ohio State is the right move. Indiana's not overvalued, but this is the spot to me where they take a step back to earth. I agree with you. I agree with you. I was waiting on this number, and I thought it was going to go up throughout the weekend. We just haven't seen that happen. I rarely do this, but I will be laying the big number of 20 and a half. Another Big Ten matchup that I was taking a look at, Eli, is Michigan going up against Rutgers. And Michigan is favored. Both of these squads looking to avoid a four-game losing streak. But that Wolverines offense has run into a lot of trouble ever since week one. They've only been averaging 18.7 points per game. They don't know what to do with quarterback. Do they want to stick with Joe Milton? Jim Harbaugh, really not sure. So uh, they're in a lot of trouble there. Now, Rutgers should have taken care of Illinois. They couldn't finish the job, and they've been turning over the ball a lot lately after their impressive win uh, to start the year. But a couple of those losses, Indiana, Ohio State, very tough teams, two of the best that we have right now in the Big Ten. So I'm getting 10.5, and and I'm going against Michigan. I'll probably jump on that. I like Rutgers here. Yeah, and it's under a slightly, a, a little bit of a key number at uh, sitting at Michigan minus 12 and a half. It's under 13. Yes, you would maybe like it to be a little bit uh, lower than that. Or if you're, if you're taking Rutgers, I guess the price is fine. Maybe you is like it 12 it. and a half now? It's 12 and a half, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, <laughs> if we wait on that a little bit more before kickoff, I'm wondering how high that will go. Yeah, you would think that the market is going to come back on Rutgers. But like you said, Joe, and like you, you talked about this on Bet Sweats too, the market is expecting Michigan to bounce back. After what I saw last week, this team could quit on, on Jim Harbaugh. It's a collegiate sport. It could easily happen. And I don't trust Joe Milton even against a defense that isn't close to what we saw last Saturday at the Big House with Wisconsin. Joe Milton looked lost. Maybe they throw in McNamara. Maybe that gives this offense a spark. He looked okay on one drive. And Rutgers played well. And, and, and a game, yes, we're, I'm, I'm down on Indiana, so that might uh, sound like I'm playing devil's advocate, but Indiana's still a top 25 team in college football. They're not top 10, but they're top 25. So Rutgers hung around with that team. Indiana beat Michigan. Just going by results and just looking at the way Rutgers has played in some of these games, like you said it, Joe, they turned the ball over a little bit, but they still played well overall. I, I, think, I think getting the points here, getting it over uh, a key number of 10 uh, at plus 12 and a half is the way to go. Anything else interests you today, Eli, in uh, football? No, I'm, I'm done with college football besides that Ohio State game, Joe. Yeah. It's, it's so tough with COVID. And again, the, markets, the market between college football and the NFL is, is such a different game in itself that you're betting on where 
I've been trying to stay away from college football as much as possible. It hasn't been a great season for me overall betting on college football. So because of COVID, because of, uh, you know, the market being tough to read this year with all the COVID news, I guess those two, those two things go hand in hand. I'm staying away from any other game. Yeah, that's not a wrong answer. I think there are a lot of people that are dialing it back. Talk to some of these sports books, and they will tell you how much uh, they've lost in handle this year with all the canceled games, the postponements, and you bet a game, and then, oh, wait, they're not playing the, the game. Just kidding. Here's, uh, here's your money back from your wager. That's been uh, something we've been dealing with week after week. And they, you have some teams like Wisconsin, they play two games. And then some teams like Cincinnati, they have three games left in the year. And Mac, they're, they have three games left in the year, even though they're only at the halfway mark. It's just wild, 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 wild season in college football. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 the score. Eli Herskovich here. You know we couldn't let Eli go without talking some college hoops. The countdown is at four, Eli. <laughs> college basketball. People in the area very excited about the Illini. Earlier this week on Bet Sweats from CBS Sports, we had one of their analysts on, Kyle Boone, and the first thing he talked about was getting the Illini at only 15 to 1, and he still loves them. What's your forecast for the 2020 2021 season with Illinois? Yeah, our guy Kyle said chef's kiss. I don't necessarily want to go that far. I didn't want to say that. Yeah. Yeah, right. But Illinois on Kempom, and Kempom, a fantastic college basketball resource. 17th overall. And then you look at the betting market, they're 15 to 1. Okay, you look at their schedule in the non-conference play to start. They play Baylor on a neutral floor. They play Duke at Cameron Indoor. Right now, that Duke line, by the way, for a look at a line, is sitting at Duke minus 1, which I think is probably priced correctly considering what Illinois is bringing in this year and what they're bringing back with Ayodosumu and Kofi Coburn. And then you look at their conference schedule, obviously a tougher Big Ten. I think this is still a, a really good conference this year, even with Michigan State lo- losing its starting point guard in Cassius Winston. My overall point is I like Illinois. I liked them at 50-1. to 1. I, I didn't bet them because who knows, you know, going back to the summer if we're going to get a college basketball season. But then you look at the price now at 15-1. to 1. Let's say Illinois wins those games against Baylor and Duke, and they're a top-five team in college basketball, one of the best teams in the country. Maybe their number goes down to 10-1. to 1. Is that that big of a difference from 15 to 10 to 1? Yes, of course, you're losing some value. But on the flip side of that, let's say Illinois drops both of those games and they underachieve and their lack of three-point shooting in terms of guys that have produced on this team and at this level, at the, at the Division One level, doesn't come into play from the jump. So they lose the Baylor-Duke game. Maybe they drop one or two to begin conference play and they start off kind of sluggish. You can get a much better number on Illinois. So listen, I, I love Ayodosumu. I love Kofi Coburn, one of the best uh, once you punches in college basketball, then Coburn really develops as pre- inside presence. Maybe his mid-range jumper comes into play too. Trent Frazier is also there. One of the better backcourts really in college basketball in terms of experience and production with Frazier and Desumu. But I wouldn't bet the 15 to one number. There's just not enough value there for me to, uh, for me to push accept. All right. What features do you like? All right. So one that I'm looking at that I haven't bet because in a COVID year, Joe, you and I have hit on this a ton. I guess similar to college football in a sense, I'm, I'm limiting myself on my college basketball futures, number one, because I, I usually grab you know, five or six during the season once I see how things play out and once there's you know, a buy low opportunity in the middle of the season like there could be with Illinois. So I, I only have two, but the, the one I'm looking at that I haven't added yet that's a little bit, that has lower odds and that's closer to Illinois in the futures market is West Virginia sitting at around 25 to one. Bob Huggins. If you, if you know college basketball, you know the name Bob, Bob Huggins, one of the best 
defensive coaches in college basketball with that full court, three quarters of the uh, court press. They're bringing back two of the best bigs in college basketball, Jarrett Culver and Oscar Sheboy. I love that duo up front. Now the question is for West Virginia, are they going to turn the ball over as much as they did last year? They were bottom 70 in college basketball in turnover percentage. So that means they obviously turned the ball over a lot to the opposition, led to some fast break opportunities. But because of that full court press, because of that three quarters of the court press, they turn you over a bunch too. Uh, that's Bob Huggins uh, and, and West Virginia's forte ever since he left Cincinnati and went to the Mountaineers. I, again, I like the outlook of this team in the front court. I like their guard play. I think it's going to be a little bit more sound than it was last season. The question is, is that number valuable enough at 25, 30 to one? If, if you want to ride a team, if you want to ride a West Virginia, if you want to ride an Illinois, not really worry about their odds too much. I totally understand it. I just don't know if there's enough value there for me to say, buy them just yet. Uh, invest a future a bet in them just yet that but that is a team that I'm monitoring a bit Joe okay and uh any any long shots or further down that you're suggesting people monitor yeah so the one that I bet already on points bet Alabama's at 60 to 1 you might be able to find an 80 to 1 as well I love the outlook of this of this Alabama team I, number one again from a future standpoint can they win their conference? So can they be an upper echelon seed in, once we get to March Madness, or maybe it's April Madness or June or May Madness or June Madness? Who the hell knows? But I, I think, yes, I think the SEC is a little bit more wide open this season, and Alabama at that price is absolutely valuable, uh, considering they have a shot to me, if, maybe if not winning the SEC, to finishing top two or top three in that conference. One of the most underrated coaches in college basketball in Nate Oates. Now, he's more of an offensive-minded coach, Alabama, in terms of adjusted tempo, so their pace, how quickly they're going up and down the floor. They're top five in the country in that category. So defensively, you're not going to see them in, in the upper ranks in college basketball in defensive categories. But I think they take a step up this year in that regard because they're getting a transfer from Yale, Jordan Bruner, a, a rim protector, and one of the better defensive rebounders in college basketball going back to last year. And they really struggled in both of those categories last year in terms of rim protection and offensive and defensive rebounding last year. So keeping teams off the offensive glass, limiting second chance opportunities, that stuff matters if, we're, if you're talking about a team taking a step up uh, and, and finding value in their futures. They're getting John Petty back, one of the best uh, wings in college basketball. I think he takes a step up in his game. Javon Quinterly, a five-star that went to Villanova, two-time champ in the last decade. Obviously a shot to make a run, but Jay Wright, the head coach of Villanova, doesn't like to play freshman for the most part. And Quinterly, when he went to Villanova, was a freshman. Now he comes into a system where he's not in a, a slower tempo system, and he's going to go up and down the floor like Nate Oates likes to do. So Alabama's added. I think they take a step up in their defensive categories where this number is absolutely valuable for a team that I think has like four or five seat upside, maybe even higher, but I'm going to go with that cap just based off the number. And I think can make a run in March Madness. The list of games that are scheduled for Wednesday was staggering. I thought they were going to start slowly day before Thanksgiving. Uh-uh. There is a full schedule, including number two Baylor against 18th ranked Arizona state. Then on Thursday, Top-ranked Zags against number six, Kansas. Do you have any sort of a lean for the people coming up on Wednesday or Thursday? <laughs> yes, I do, Joe. Yes. Baylor, <laughs> Baylor at Arizona State. Kempom makes this line Baylor minus five. I've seen some openers at other places open at around the same number. Maybe Baylor minus five and a half against the Sun Devils. You know, Baylor, uh, I faded them a lot last season. But – 
they are losing two pieces on that team that made a huge difference in terms of rebounding percentage. And I brought that up when I was talking about Alabama in terms of creating second chance opportunities. Baylor had the eighth highest offensive rebounding rate in college basketball. And they are losing one of the best offensive rebounders in college basketball and Freddie Gillespie and Tristan Clark, who's retiring from basketball early because of foot issues. Arizona State is bringing back some key pieces offensively, including one of the better point guards in the country in Remy Martin. Arizona State is a team that pushes the floor a lot, kind of similar to Alabama. So if you're able to play at your pace and not be in the situation where, again, you're playing at Baylor's tempo, a slower tempo team that wants to slow you down as a result, if Arizona State is able to play at their tempo and speed things up in this game, I think catching five against a team in, in Baylor that's lost some key pieces in an area where they excelled at last year is a very valuable bet for Wednesday. Eli Hershkovich, he's a college basketball advocate, and he clearly knows his stuff, and he will be hosting Early Odds next Saturday, 8 to 9 a.m. He's also the executive producer of my uh, weekday sports betting show, BetSweats, on Radio.com Sports. Eli, thank you so much for all the knowledge, getting the people set for the college hoop season, and best of luck next week. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, looking forward to uh, next Saturday. Up next, an NFL pro better has four picks to share. We'll also look at Ohio State, Indiana, and Northwestern Wisconsin with a college football insider. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Happy Saturday as we enter the final weekend of sports betting before the holiday season. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 the score. And each Friday on my radio.com show, Bet Sweats, it's a weekday sports betting show. I speak with NFL pro better Simon Hunter about his NFL picks. And we started chatting about the live dogs on Sunday, which led us to Vikings Cowboys. For one of my plays this week, this is one of my favorite overs. And my biggest hope is they're, they're saying Andy Dalton's going to play this week after this guy just fought COVID for over a month. And people out there, I know you, some people still don't believe in COVID. Apparently, it's pretty real. And these guys are getting it. It's kicking their asses, <laughs> some of these great athletes. So I'm hoping they don't play Andy because this is such a great play for an over where this kid can just get these balls to these receivers. We already know. That's what was so shocking about the Bears not being able to score. The Vikings secondary is just terrible. Their corners are not good. And yep. in my mind, with the Cowboys' weapons, we know what they do well. They pass the ball well. And we know what Minnesota does well. They they can run the ball, and you can run on Dallas. So this over, you can get it at different books. It's been going in between 45 and 48. I had it at 48 and a half. So I do like the over here, and I'm really hoping come Sunday, even if Andy Dalton plays, they yank him after the first quarter if he just lays an egg because – I just don't like these QBs coming off COVID. It, it just has not worked out for them. Yeah, both these defenses so bad. Uh, when I was talking about this game with Ross, I was bringing up, well, you know, both offenses go through the run. Uh, maybe you look to the under, run some clock. Like, nope, these defenses are so bad. So uh, I agree with you on the over there. How about this uh, Panthers-Lions game? Some places are taking it down. Some are keeping it up. A lot of questions at quarterback. Uh, Stafford, he's been doing some light throwing in practice. Teddy Bridgewater unlikely to play. We don't know if it's going to be P.J. Walker or Will Greer. Some other injuries like Kenny Galladay involved here. And the favorite actually flipped because Detroit is now favored by two and a half. Yeah, and coming into the week, I actually liked Detroit here. And I thought this would be a good play on them just because how banged up, like you're saying, the, the Panthers are. But apparently the Lions are even worse off where Stafford's got a really bad thumb. He's got a crazy wife at home. And Galladay's oh, Galladay's now popping up, and it's like, oh, my God, this this Detroit team, man, they they might be going through it, and we might be catching free points here, being able to take a money line and a home dog in Carolina that it's scary with Teddy, but I think he's going to try to play. I think he, he doesn't want to lose his job to an injury again. That's what's happened to him before. I don't feel great if it's P.J. because I know people love him from the XFL. We cannot take what this kid did in the XFL and try to translate the NFL. It's a completely different situation. So in my mind, if this is Teddy and you're getting two and a half, I'm happy to take this money line. And we'll be one of those. We'll be waiting Sunday morning to see what the deal is because this is a really banged up game. All injuries heavily on both sides. So have you already bet it or do you want to get um, final word with uh, the inactives on Sunday? Already bet it, just just in case the outside chance that all of a sudden it comes out, Stafford's not going to play. So and I, I'm willing to take that risk because in worst case, it might go up to three and a half if Teddy's out. And I'll probably still end up taking Carolina here just because I think both these teams, even with backup QBs, can move the ball. And three and a half is a lot of points to be laying for a home team. So I'm happy to take it early right now and Teddy and take the money line. So if you're right and Bridgewater ends up playing – and they make that announcement, what do you think happens with the point spread? So it, situation, if he's playing and Stafford's playing, 
I, I can yes. see it going down back down to a pick minus one for Detroit. Like it, it'll just okay. They don't the, the book won't give up that much value on the money line with Teddy starting, but I think the way they're hanging it, they're they're hanging it as if Teddy's not going to play right now. Gotcha. Uh, we got the Patriots at the Texans. Uh, you've got the line at two and a half. New England favored by two and a half here. Uh, Patriots coming off a couple of wins. And, of course, the primetime spot taking care of the Ravens on Sunday night. The Texans have two wins, and they're both against the Jaguars this year. Awful, awful hold-your-nose bet. And <laughs> No, it, it's, don't do it. Yeah, you, you have to take Houston. And it's a classic, nobody believes in them. No one should. They're awful. But what we, what we know about the Patriots, they've got the worst pass defense in football. And the only thing Houston can do right is Deshaun Watson passing the ball. So them coming home after just playing so poorly in Cleveland, it just feels like the perfect situation and spot to play Houston, that Cam's going to be feeling himself even though he really hasn't done much. I know you can run the ball in Houston, but I just see if that's all that Houston needs to stop and that's all they're prepping for, they're going to be able to do it against this Patriots team. So if Houston can just get up a touchdown or – 10 points it's over the, the game will be wrapped up so I, I love getting the plus two and a half here with Houston and if it goes down to plus one I'd still take it as long as you're getting plus money on the money line all right I know you've got to play on Monday night the Rams and the Bucks this thing is climbed up to four it's uh it's going to be a fun matchup Rams at six and three on the year and the Bucks at seven and three I, I don't know Simon have you heard that Tom Brady's bedtime is 8 30 at night <laughs> yeah and it's hilarious that I'm going to do a Monday night favorite because we already know the deal. Everyone's going to tease this. Everyone's going to have it in their parlays. People like to connect the Monday night to the week uh, of Sunday. So it's a risky play, but you got to take the Buccaneers here. And what we saw last week was once the left tackle went down for the Rams, I think they only had 25, 30 yards afterwards the rest of the game. And are we really going to back off in this situation and playing against such a good run defense that they're going to have to pass it? I know that you can get big plays against the Buccaneers, but I just don't see golf having the time. And we know that they got edge rushers on Tampa. So in my mind, I feel like this line should be six. I think I'm still getting a great number as long as it doesn't go above six. I'm happy to take the Buccaneers in prime time on Monday. Simon Hunter's NFL picks for week number 11. I recommend listening to our entire conversation. All you have to do is subscribe to the Bet Sweats podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and Radio.com. Also on Bet Sweats, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg appeared to discuss Ohio State, Indiana, and Northwestern Wisconsin. Right, Joe. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what Indiana can do offensively. I just think it's one of those years, guys, where there's very few teams in that top 10, top 15 that are elite defensively. And I wouldn't put Ohio State in that category. I think Indiana, with their talent on offense, with Mike Penix Jr. and and uh, and some of their receivers, they can make plays, uh, You know, whether it's uh, Fillier or Freifogel, who had a great game last week against Michigan State. Can they attack this Ohio State defense and try to keep up? Because nobody's stopping Ohio State. Can Indiana create a turnover too? Sure. Uh, are they a, a much more talented defense? than they've uh, been in, in recent years, absolutely. And that's a credit to Tom Allen and, and Kane Womack and that staff for how they've recruited. I mean, Taiwan Mollen is one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten, if not the country, and I'm excited to see what he does. But, you know, there's just enough evidence now with Justin Fields and those receivers 
uh, with the Buckeyes that, that they're going to put up points. So Indiana's key, you know, they beat Penn State uh, without playing very well offensively. If you study the, that that uh, box score, Penn State was the better offensive team. They just made too many mistakes. So that's not a formula for success this week. It's got to be scoring the ball and, and trying to uh, create as many empty possessions for Ohio State, get the game to the fourth quarter, and then you put some doubt in, in the Buckeyes' mind. They've obviously been off a week. Indiana's been playing really well. Um, you know, Tom Allen is using the no-respect card as much as possible. So I'm really excited for, for this Indiana program because um, you know Kevin Wilson, who's the Ohio State offensive coordinator, he deserves some credit for getting them to a point where they started to make bowl games, which is a big step for Indiana historically. And then Tom and his staff have really elevated the recruiting, and they're a much more talented team now and a team that I think will be uh, maybe not this good every year, but good enough most years. And that's certainly an upgrade for Indiana given where they've been as a program. Adam, do we know how good Wisconsin is after only playing two games? And what do you think about their matchup against Northwestern? Yeah, it's a good point, Ross. I mean, they've obviously been very impressive. You know, 238-point wins, but against, honestly, two of the worst teams in the conference. And it's crazy to put Michigan in that category, but they performed like one of the worst teams in the conference so far. So uh, this is going to be a, a, big, uh, a big step up for uh, Wisconsin and Graham Mertz. You know, Northwestern's been one of the best defenses in the Big Ten for quite some time. They were horrible offensively last year, and that's what led to their terrible record. But they're a much better offense this year with Peyton Ramsey and a new offensive coordinator in Mike Bajakian. So both of these teams, in many ways, built the same way on defense, uh, creating takeaways. Both are very good against the run. You know, Wisconsin gets some key guys back from you know, COVID or injuries this week. So that should help them on the road. They have not played well in Evanston over the years, guys. I think they've dropped five of their last six games, including uh, a game a couple of years ago uh, in, in Evanston. So you know, I think Northwestern, if they win this game, uh, and they're obviously already 4-0, they already have a win against Iowa and Nebraska and Purdue in the division. If they beat Wisconsin, the West division is pretty much over unless Northwestern just completely fell apart against inferior teams down the stretch. So that's how important this game is for both sides. And uh, I know Wisconsin's favored by a touchdown. They are, I think, a better team overall. But you factor in the location and the fact that Northwestern has played better competition to this stage than Wisconsin has. I think we could see a close game on Saturday. Adam, we've got Clemson returning to the field for the first time since uh, their loss at Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago, and they're going to Florida State, favored by 35 and a half. Trevor Lawrence back on the field. That's going to be the big story. How does he look after uh, sit, sitting out with coronavirus? What are you expecting here? And uh, what, what do we know about all the defensive starters Clemson was missing a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it should be a little healthier on, on that side of the ball, which is big. And you could see that they were missing, I mean, kind of their up-the-middle guys against Notre Dame, uh, which was able to, to to move the ball pretty well, especially Ian Book from a scrambling standpoint. I mean, they're going to win this game. It's just, like you said, Joe, how do they look? Um, they've dropped to number four. Texas A&M is right there at five. Cincinnati's not too far behind at six. Can Clemson look once again, closer to the number one team like they were until that loss to Notre Dame um, and with Trevor coming back. And, you know, Travis Etienne kind of had an up and down game against uh, uh, Notre Dame, more good than bad, honestly, for one of the best players in college football. So uh, Florida State is in shambles. I mean, this will be a pretty easy win for Clemson, but uh, you're certainly a game that they're going to want to get back into to rhythm with their with their top quarterback, number 16. 
Senior writer for college football, Adam Rittenberg, with me on my DailyRadio.com show, Bet Sweats. Next, we check in with Jim Miller with a Hawthorne race course update. And winners, we hope. Winners. We always hope for winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. You've got Sports Radio 670 The Score Saturdays for early odds, 8 to 9 a.m. And as always, we bring in our friend Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. And Jim, a lot of businesses are forced to adjust during these unprecedented times. And here, uh, right before Thanksgiving, like many other businesses in the state, no different for Hawthorne Racecourse. Yeah, we're adjusting as well. And fortunately for the racing product itself, Joe, we have our own set of guidelines that we have to follow for the safety of the participants for racing. And since racing's conducted outdoors, we are able to continue with live racing, but no fans on site again at Hawthorne, which means no fans for live racing, no fans for the points bet sports book either. Fortunately, we do have online ability to wager for both. So we have the Club Hawthorne app for horse racing. And then the great points bet app for the uh, racing on the uh, sports wagering. A lot of people have really gone to the sports wagering online aspect. So I'm very thankful that's still there. I'm very thankful a lot of people signed up. And there really is a lot of great action this weekend, too. So when I see you guys at Hawthorne promoting Bet and Go, uh, can you explain that in a little more detail? Sure. So we have a separate lobby where you can come in right from our parking lot. We have everything socially distant there where you can walk in place your wagers there on any of the sports or any of the horse racing and then head on out of the building. So you can't stay here to watch the races, but at least you can get your wagers in if you don't have a mobile app or prefer not to play through a mobile app. So that's open from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. each and every night. And we're going to have that staffed as long as necessary. It could be a couple weeks. It could be a couple months. You never know. But that is available here. It's available at a lot of our OTBs, too. So that's something we're going to stick with here, at least for the upcoming months. And, and horse racing's continuing, so there really is a lot of racing action going on. Jim, before we get to your picks for today at Hawthorne Racecourse, what are you thinking about today in college football or uh, tomorrow in the NFL? All right, so first off today in college football, I got to ask you about this one because it's only a couple of hours away, Joe, but Indiana against Ohio State. <laughs> Last line I saw was Ohio State minus 20 and a half against the top 10 team in Indiana with a really good defense. Now, I love Indiana in this spot, but I wanted to see what you were thinking about this game. I thought that this line was going to climb throughout the week once it was posted at 20 and a half last Sunday during the NFL games, and it isn't budging. So there is support on the Indiana side. A lot of people do agree with you. I am not one of those people, Jim. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm going to lay it with Ohio State. Here's my big concern with Indiana. I give them all the credit in the world. I can't believe we're talking football and the Hoosiers are a top 10 team in the country. You give them credit for the wins over Penn State, Rutgers, Michigan, and Michigan State. But we've also found out that all four of those teams, not very good this year. Now, here's why. I'm not saying it's fluky. And you you mentioned their defense, all the turnovers that they've created. They've done a good job of that. But I don't think it's sustainable either. 38% of their scoring has come on turnovers, short fields. So they're only working with a half a field. I don't know that that's going to continue against the Buckeyes. And that would have to continue for them to hang around in this game against Justin Fields and company. Doesn't mean I'm right. But uh, we are at opposite sides on this one. 20 and a half is huge, though, Joe. Isn't that insane? It's a top 10 team. What do you think it should be? I think it's the right number. 
I would have probably thought 14 and a half, 15 would have been a fair number. And we'll see. Two touch, a little more than two touchdowns. Yeah. So three. three touchdowns is a lot. <laughs> so, but here, okay, now this is good because this brings me right to Sunday for a very similar type of situation. Now you have the Kansas City Chiefs who are playing the Vegas Raiders. All right. The Raiders beat Kansas City earlier in the year. The Raiders have like their entire defense either on COVID protocol out or just waiting to get back in the Lions only minus eight for Kansas City. I thought this was going to be double digits for Kansas City. <laughs> okay, we agree on this one 100%. And early okay. in the week, Jim, this thing was sitting at six and a half because there was COVID concerns about the Chiefs' offensive line. And you're right, the Raiders are going through that now. I mean, whatever angle you want to play, you can go ahead and do it. There's the okay. revenge from week five when the Raiders won 40 to 32. Andy Reid's talking about them celebrating and the disrespect. It's also Andy Reid and the best offensive coaching staff coming off the bye. We all know Andy Reid off the bye, 18 and three straight up, 14 and seven against the spread. The Raiders made this personal. And Pat Mahomes is going to lay it on that Raiders secondary. They're still pretty soft, even though they've improved uh, recently. So I am willing to jump on the heavy favorite in this one as well. Yeah, I agree. I sound yeah, I mean, like, don't go like a most, victory lap and, and not get, not get uh, beaten back up the next time around. I sound like the most public better of all time, don't I, Jim? But those are the two. Oh, you're that, right. You're yeah. right here. Okay. Right. I'm, right, I'm right on this one. Uh, what about yeah. the horses? How are we going to make some money uh, betting horses at Hawthorne? All right, three horses Saturday at Hawthorne. We're going to start race number one on the turf course, bet the eight-horse Santino to win in place. This horse beat better last out and should win again. And then go to race six, bet the 10, little ball tar across the board. This horse that got a bad break in its last and came flying late. And then race nine, the 10 taps, big shot. Another one very similar to little ball tar. Rates back, closes ground late. We did get a good winner to close out the card last week at Hawthorne, and we could make some money again here on Saturday. Jim Miller at Hawthorne Jim on Twitter. Uh, Jim, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Oh, you got it. Thanks, Joe. Have a good weekend. Over the last hour on Early Odds, you heard from pro better Simon Hunter, college football insider Adam Rittenberg, and Eli Hershkovich. Eli, kind enough to host Early Odds next Saturday because I am going to take a breather the week of Thanksgiving. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe0670. Find all the links, all the shows I'm hosting, video clips, all that good stuff at Joe0670. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, however you're celebrating this year. Most importantly, stay safe. But of course, best of luck. Talk to you in a couple weeks on Early Odds. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.